What if I said that if you calculated the area of an icosahedron, then you compared that to the official ISO specifications for the thread on a bolt. So that's the ratio between how far apart the different bits of the thread are compared to how deep they are. You would find they are exactly the same answer mathematically speaking. I mean, I would find that downright shocking. If it was something more like, did you know that the cube root of the imaginary number i is the same as the square root of 75, I'd still be a bit shocked, but I'm like, well, they're both roots. I mean, one's imaginary, one's real, but I can kind of see how they might be linked. Or if it's something like, did you know the radius of the sphere that fits around the cube is the same as the cosine of 30 degrees. I'm like, oh, okay, I can imagine, I mean, 30 degrees and a square or a cube is not obviously linked, but I can see how they'd be the same. And this is what I love about mathematics, unexpected links between different concepts. Except in this case, not only are each of these in pairs the same thing, but all six of them are exactly the same mathematical concept. They all have these exact same digits. What is it about these digits that means that they apply to so many different situations? Right, so what is going on behind all but, but I guess it doesn't go back in. Behind all these situations that mean exactly the same number shows up every single time, or spoiler, uh, 10 times. 10 times the number, same digits. Well, we're gonna start just with the icosahedron because working out the area of an icosahedron made of 20 equilateral triangles is not that complicated. We just look at one of those equilateral triangles. It's equilateral, so we can define every edge as being a single unit long. To get the area, we now need the height. And now we'll split the triangle in half. The base is a half. We can use Pythagoras to work out the height is uh, the square root of three on two. And now we have everything we need to get that total area. Because as you may remember, the area of a triangle is a half times the base, which is also a half times the height, which is the square root of three on two. Oh, and that's, that's half of it. So we then need to double that, multiply it by two to get the complete area. Although the two and the half, they get on real well. They are, they're gone. So we're left with that, that's it. It's a half of root three on two. That's the area of one of these equilateral triangles. We multiply it by 20 to get the entire icosahedron. Again, the 20 and a half, they can cancel out. They leave a 10 behind um, and that's it. That is the area of all 20 faces of an icosahedron, 10 times the square root of three on two. And uh, guess what? The square root of three on two equals, this is it. So that's why, because we work out the area, we get root three on two, this number, the mystery number this video is all about, times 10 just shifts the digits along one. But that's all well and good. How does that tie in to the ISO bolt? Well, if you go onto Wikipedia, like I may have done, and you get the diagram for the ISO specifications of what that bolt looks like, you can see right in the middle an angle of 60 degrees. And that's because the profile of the thread on a standard ISO bolt and the US ones as well is an equilateral triangle. And that ratio between uh, the height of that triangle and the distance between them is well, it's exactly the same. It's the square root of three on two. Now technically, 
we don't use the entire triangle in the thread. We take a little bit off the top, take a bit off the bottom. It's actually only five eighths of that triangle, but the ratio is root three on two. And that's why this works, because we have the same equilateral triangle in the thread of a bolt as on the faces of our icosahedron, we get exactly the same number in both cases. Up next, we have the cube root of i, which presents us with two problems. First of all, how are we gonna get a equilateral triangle out of that? And secondly, we already know what the cube root of i is. It's negative i. There's no root three on two to be seen because you can check this. Negative i times negative i times negative i equals i. But there's more than one solution. Just like if you were doing a standard square root and you're solving something squared equals something else, you can find two different solutions. In this case, you can find three. Now, we could do that the hard way by setting up a bunch of equations and solving them. And actually, that is precisely what doing things the hard way Matt is doing right now. Yes, we can work this out algebraically. We just need to expand out this complex number cubed. Well, that's a squared plus two a. We've got another a b squared over there. Squared b, that makes sense. So if we substitute in b, we will have a squared. But thankfully, we don't actually have to do things the hard way. Aww. What we can do is work it out geometrically with our axes. We've got our imaginary axis up and down and the real axis side to side. And our first solution is just negative i. We can put that in down there. And just like you'd have positive and negative square roots, which would be on either side of the real axis. In this case, we can just swing those up so they're 120 degrees apart, and that gives us all three solutions. The question now is, what are those top two ones equal to? Well, guess what we can fill in under here? Yeah, you know it, it's a triangle. Same triangle as before. It's got a 30 degree angle and a 60 degree angle. And because this, like the radius of this is equal to unit because it started down here on negative i. That's still one. We've then got a half and we've got our friend root three on two. It's finally here. You knew it. This, this is where it's going to come right out of there like that. And actually, you can do the same maths as before and get the value of those two points. And it's this. Oh, um, this is the real part, which is the distance along the real axis. You've also got that half an i, and one of these is negative. So you end up with half i minus root three on two and half i plus root three on two. But the point is, because we can turn this into the same triangle, we can show that the real part is our ridiculous number. Everything comes down to that triangle. Whenever we see this number pop up, probably that triangle is hanging out in the background somewhere. And this may be more familiar if we take all the values and we double them. So instead of having one, a half root three on two, we just have a one, two root three triangle. This may be my favorite triangle to this day. Whenever I need the sine or the cosine of 30 or 60 degrees, I either draw or imagine this triangle. And that's where our cos 30 came from as well, because Cos is uh, ka, uh, the adjacent over the hypotenuse, and uh, the adjacent from 30 is root three, and it's on the hypotenuse of two. And actually, that's how I originally came across this number. I was looking up the value of cos 30 degrees on the online encyclopedia of integer sequences, and it listed the other cool uses of this number. I was like, oh my goodness, I had no idea this number popped up in so many other places. And I think we've covered, oh, all of them? 
Um, apart from two last ones we need to go through. First of all, we have why is it the radius of a cube with a sphere put around it? Well, as you can see on this incredible graphic here, that the space diagonal of a cube is root three. Um, all the other graphics in this video, by the way, made by this individual, this one, editor Alex put together. We're so proud it's actually from a future video, but we're using it now, so keep an eye out this, this is going to come back. But anyway, the point in this case is, if the space diagonal is root 3, the radius is half of that, because the circumsphere goes through all the vertices, it's root 3 on 2. And finally, the square root of 75, what's going on there? Well, that's just a bit of algebraic manipulation. What is the square root of 75, if not the square root of 25 times 3? 25 comes out, that's the 5 at the front, um, which is half a 10. Piece of cake. That wasn't that hard. That is the 8660254 Mystery Explained. And actually, I'll put this one back. Where does it go? I think it goes, it goes there. Perfect. We'll get that in post. So thank you so much for watching this video. If you want to watch all of doing things the hard way, Matt, doing all the algebraic working out, I will put that up on Patreon. If you're one of my Patreon supporters, you can watch it because this video is entirely funded by my fantastic supporters on Patreon. They funded all of these graphics, which are starting to get a little in the way. Uh, and you know what? That bolt wasn't cheap. I had to buy that graphic. Made the icosahedron myself and uh, it took Alex several days to do that cube. So, you know, there's a lot of costs um, going on here and people support me on Patreon tend to do it because they want to see more good mathematics communication in the world which is why the videos are always uh, free and you know completely openly available to everyone. But what doing things the hard way Matt was doing, I don't, I don't think humankind are any worse off for not seeing that. So we're gonna put that behind the paywall. And if you don't wanna support me on Patreon, uh, or you already do, or you don't wanna to commit to a recurring payment, absolutely fine. You instead, you could donate to the online encyclopedia of integer sequences. They're fundraising at the moment. I've given them uh, some of my own money, not the Patreon money, my money, because I think the work they do is absolutely incredible, a phenomenal resource. Please do give to them, and if you can afford it, please do help fund these videos. Link to Patreon below.